Hi everyone, welcome to the IMPDAO AMA over at the Liquid Capital Discord. Unfortunately, we had some technical difficulties during the first couple minutes of our recording, which is why you're now hearing this re-recorded intro. You are essentially missing from the original version the introduction of Bosim and myself, Joman, as well as the initial chit-chat. Fortunately, we were able to identify the issue early on and restart the recording. So without further ado, let us jump into the AMI and listen to us answering the first question around where MDAO is standing today. Enjoy. Let's approach it from, from, from that stage and sort of where we're standing right now. Because, I mean, the pots um, and the strategy we have in mind for that and the structure we're still setting up, right? So if you're joining and investing into MDAO today, it's obviously a different different climate because at the moment we're providing a diversified exposure to the sort of the phantom ecosystem which we are operating on as a start. And then the idea is to uh, to build up this, this pot concept. And um, just looking at today, you're you're buying your your token right and then you're buying the token at a certain certain multiple at the moment to the net asset value right to the backing to what's currently in the in the treasury right and that's sort of your share in the fund and then um as the as the backing rises hopefully share price will do too right um and we'll we are very conscious of of price movements around our token as well so we're looking forward to to stimulating the price obviously um especially once we sort of fall below net asset value because then when that's when sort of buybacks within this this mechanic also become very attractive um but that's sort of your your inroad to the to the imdao ecosystem at the moment and then once you've um once we have sort of built the the pot system up then how it works is you spin off a new OHM fork, right? Um, and the, the mechanics we have discussed before, so it has a certain treasury, it owns its own liquidity, and the treasury then is sort of of that pot deployed into a specific strategy. And the way you can gain exposure to this specific pot then is just by um, either holding MDAO, right? Because MDAO initially will own 100% of this um, new spun off of DAO, right? But as MDAO itself, as a fund, as a diversified DeFi fund, um, is rebalancing its portfolio, it will start to sell shares in this specific strategy potentially as it grows, right? Because that, you, yeah, that's that's what I'm. That's that's like that's that little piece of information that that's got me, boss man. Yeah. Okay, because I love that you're gonna satellite out, and we all know that it's beautiful to make everybody we have in the server like the people that are on this call right now. But yeah. to, in order to attract, uh, we'll say, new markets, retail customers, that's yeah. where you get guys like me. I'm not necessarily going to claim stupidity, but if I can claim safety easily in and out through this, what we'll call, you know, successful pod and yep. satellite, that's where you're going to be able to what I consider scalability. So yeah, and I, I think you're providing an important point, right? Because that's sort of why we have we have set out um, initially just to build a community around sort of our our investment strategies and sort of trying to attract people who think in a in a similar way or offer sort of unique opinions in 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 this space as well, and then build the product around that, right? Because, I mean, as you said, um, scalability will be key in order to, to be able to offer these different yeah. strategies to um, investors. And our sort of first customer base has been, 
I think somebody's not on mute. Yeah, thanks. Um, our initial advice has been um, the more educated DeFi investor, right, as a sort of validation point in order to benchmark ideas and also to to um, develop our strategies with them before launching. Now that we have launched and that we are seeing a certain traction in the market and a certain demand and engagement um, with our product, um, we are trying to to broaden our scope, which is for example, why we're here today, because obviously, I mean, this this Discord and the, our community here in Illiquid Capital has had a tremendous success over the last couple of months in, in various NFT projects, right? But it's important in this market and in this volatility climate, right, to be exposed to, to more than one asset class within DeFi as well, or within crypto as well, which is why we want to hear um have a have a forum and have a talk around other opportunities as well and which is why we're guessing which is why i'm guessing we're talking right now yeah 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 soon, we could we could imagine uh, an nft pod too yeah but i mean to a certain extent i mean this is obviously further down the road we recognize our strength i mean um more on the on the DeFi side just based on our backgrounds and and where we've come from and where we've done the most trades um and at the moment, we're obviously not that um, decentralized, right? Because in the moment, the investment committee, which is forming decisions for the fund, for the treasury, um, similar to a normal TreadFi investment vehicle, is only comprised of Bossim and me, um, as well as sort of some advisors chiming in from, from other high-profile projects. Um, but as we are growing and as we want to want to achieve scalability, what will become important is identifying community members who offer a certain sort of advantage in their um, in their investment style to the fund. Right? There are people right now on the Discord as well actively discussing um, particular projects which we are monitoring and which we are sort of selectively approaching about opportunities to join our our fund management or spin off in a specific pot, right? Because there are sometimes very interesting strategies where we see sort of IMDAO as a main diversified fund um, providing maybe 5% or so of our allocation towards two, but where we simply as the two of us don't have the capacity to allocate and actively monitor the capital right now. So we are looking for talented people to join. We have just hired a new marketing and community manager today actually, which which accepted our offer. Um, so we're we're looking to to bring in more community members, um, not only to sort of engage and facilitate this education and knowledge sharing aspect, but also to be able to scale and ramp up MDAO now from a diversified DeFi fund, which we are right now, to sort of this satellite plus a core plus satellite system with the different pods engaging in different strategies and offering sort of new investors as well as existing investors to MDAO the opportunity to allocate their money into a specific pocket in the market, similar as you would choose an ETF, right, to be exposed to semiconductors or to biotech or whatever, right? Um, that sort of has been our idea, but it's it's a little bit of a road until then, and um, that's exactly the case. I get that. The, the way I see it, you know, everybody has the, the, the startup vision that, you know, is kind of attractive, but the way I see it and the way I know it is to be true, it's or at least I'm guessing it's when one of your successful forks is going to take off and somebody from your community or yeah, your exactly. team together is going to really be, let's say, what we call tapping the nail while it's hot or on the money line. Well, that's where your MDAO is going to actually prove success because right now, the way I see it is you gentlemen are going to provide your identities, your vision, 
your aspiration, your ambition. But at the end of the day, we need the finance. And what's going to make the finance even better is when it works. So yeah, I think exactly. if you get it all clear, clear cut, you know, and very, uh, we'll call it kiss, you know, keep it simple, stupid for a guy like me to come into your server and say, okay, you know what, I'm going to put some some investment towards this coin at, at, at whatever point in time may be. I think you guys have something cool. But then again, you you are sounding on the point of where your community members are going to will bring your forte. And I hope you guys do choose the right ones. And, and as I tell every project that I consult, make sure not to get saturated. You don't want somebody to come in with uh, his, uh, his uh, we'll say, his backstory. You know what I mean? Yep. So at the end of the day, I do get that it is a DAO, but you also do have to respect at the end of the day, the only reason why people care about this word DAO, this, that, is because there's fucking money at the end of the tunnel. It's clear cut how to make money, even though we use all these fancy words, we got to print. Yep. You know what I'm saying? No, you make a very good point. And I mean, at the moment, you're completely right. So we are we're a diversified fund, right? Um, which is building its track record while we are sort of building out this this larger ecosystem. And um, this will make or break with community members and with people wanting to step up, right? Because in the end, the um, opportunity here to to manage part of the the treasury potentially in a pot or in a in an isolated strategy for Imdao is twofold right i mean on the one hand obviously imdao as a whole benefits from the from the return there but on the other hand you as a sort of portfolio manager i'm going to call it right now for the lack of a better sort of more um crypto appropriate word um will will also reap in returns right proportional to the returns they are making and generating with the um with the treasury they have been allocated to and that's i think a very important point which we are trying to to get out in the market because this essentially provides a platform to leverage your trading or your investment skills um, by deploying more capital if you feel comfortable with this and if you feel um, you, you can step up into an opportunity like this. Yeah, love that. Thank you. Do you want to continue with your presentation or do you want to take on a question? No, I, I mean, let's, a, yeah, let's go into, into, into questions as well. I see sort of people typing there. Um, and happy yeah, to, to it, man. You know, uh, I, I figured this would happen because it's 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 how you say appealing. It's it's attracting when you hear that certain word that makes you feel safe. So that's what everybody's trying to understand now. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a good point. Um, maybe let us let us sort of kick off. I, I already see sort of Temple Runner there asking around sort of the investment strategies we are providing and um, the ideas we have. So let me maybe kick it off in that sense uh, more broadly and then Bossem can, can elaborate on a couple more specific points as he's currently more engaged yeah, in, in that exactly. case. Um, so, yeah, sounds good. Perfect. Um, so at the moment, as you guys heard, um, we are primarily in the Phantom ecosystem. This is two reasons. For one, we feel that on on an absolute sort of value metric basis um phantom is currently quite underrated for the capabilities it's providing and also for the tvl it already has compared to its market cap um so i feel tvl to to market cap is in that case a very great proxy to more detailed analysis you can do on on sort of benchmarking different level two or or sort of alt um chains in the in the crypto space and that's why we have chosen to launch there and 
the, the great advantage there is that we are hoping to capitalize on a positive sort of macro recovery on the the chain itself as well as the the crypto space once uh ukraine and russia make up and the fed calms down a bit um but on the other hand it offers a lot of opportunities for for different partnerships with um other great phantom related DeFi projects right so for example um looking looking at our fund now we are hosting our liquidity which is making up most of our our capital at the moment at Beats or Beethoven, which is a balancer fork and which offers us the opportunity to provide multi-pair unbalanced um, liquidity, which for us reaps in fees because people use our pool not only to trade into and out of um, ImpDAO, but also to trade with the other pairs in our liquidity pool, for example, generating yield just by, by being there for ImpDAO as a, as a treasury and as a fund. Um, then sort of looking at our more active investments, we currently hold a couple positions in um, Hector Dow, um, Boo, as well as um, some some others. Um, Bosom can can elaborate, um, which offer, in our opinion at the moment, a very blue chip like um, exposure to Phantom, right? As a sort of set it and forget it um, start, because all of these these protocols, sort of Boo, Spooky Swap. For example, largest exchange on the on the chain there, um, with incredible sort of fee fee generating capabilities and sort of fee track record, but largely undervalued in terms of its market cap. Um, just sort of by being, um, yeah, for 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 some reason the the go to exchange everybody uses besides sort of um, allocators like Paraswap, but on the other hand, sort of not being appreciated by investors um, just because there are so many opportunities within Phantom and it's such such a fast-moving place that it, it sometimes gets lost and they could have probably stepped up their marketing a bit, but that's another, another story. Um, and then looking sort of more into the, into the pots and, and away from the diversified exposure we are offering right now in the Phantom chain, um, we are planning to, to run some option strategies where um, Bossom can can elaborate um, later on once I finish with my with my rambling, and then also there's a lot of opportunities through synthetic um, single staking, right? So just by um, LPing certain pairs of of coins and then um, borrowing one side of the of the LP back in order to create synthetic um, single staking pools on on attractive on attractive coins, for example on um, Phantom, Spell, um, and and a couple others. Um, this is something which we are targeting in the in the next couple couple weeks, as sort of we we uh, look more in our, in, at our entry, and then looking more ahead. I think, boss, I mean, you want to probably also um, opinionate a bit more on the on the more advanced strategies we have in in mind. Um, but that's sort of hopefully a, a good first glance at idea on on how we are looking at investment strategies at the moment. Sure. <clears throat> so I think the, the the core of our strategies would be to go for the best deals uh, risk reward wise. So identify the best setup. Uh, it's not only 
about the fair value of something it's about uh, also the underlying market d dynamics which causes the price to move in a way or other because liquidity mechanisms are quite complex and sometimes you can identify setups and do better decisions because you know how the market is going to react you know what how deep is the liquidity wh uh, what's the selling pressure what's the buying pressure you can model all that so yeah detect the best opportunities risk reward wise go for them do a bit of value investment having a, a bias long term in some of your portfolio with position that you will pick up value uh, sell at uh, at uh, like if uh, they go too if they if they increase too much uh, if they deviate too much from their fair value uh, buy a bit on dips you will have some farming position with the best yield in a way that will go look for good holding paying good yield we can imagine a pod that will be uh, um, specialized in stable coins and they will try to go look for you to, for the best yield for stable coin across chains for example we could imagine something like that too uh, but yeah so at, i think the focus at first is since we are not launching the the, the launching the pod would be if we have if we have if our treasury grows a bit too much to be managed under a single fund we will need to have more specialized teams that will be responsible to deploy more capital to strategies because once you deploy too much capital you have some certain market impact and you cannot do the same strategy with like uh, 100k uh, sizing or if it's 1 million or 1.1 million so we will do <clears throat> we'll do that more advanced strategy once we are in the pod because we will need to work more to allocate that money but for now it's value investing uh, it's inv uh, identifying the best setups short term in the market it's go for the best uh, farming uh, combination or like product building and that will be the three main axes and uh, we could imagine more axes coming uh, after like options uh, but that requires a certain ki kind of capital too and the options either it's arbing options between them or with the underlier if they are mispriced because we have some background in option pricing uh, we could also imagine doing some option strategies to capitalize uh, some volatility trading which means which means is we are gonna buy and sell a combination of options to pocket uh, a certain sum and to pocket a certain amount and then uh, manage that to to get some decent return in the in the crypto market and uh, it's more advanced strategies but um, <clears throat> and um, i think that's a good good summary actually um i mean i'm not sure how, how we want to do this should we just pick up the next question we like or do you want to to pick something which you um, feel it's is particularly interesting just so we're not talking within uh, between the two of us or well to be honest with you i'd just like to go uh, to go in order if we can uh, continue yeah, with sure. that sounds but good runner follow up with ape i don't want to overcomplicate it you know what i mean these gentlemen took the time to write out those questions so no i agree i'm fair to them uh, it's cool with me yeah so um then let me take um 1b um so on the regulatory path we for now um have chosen with a setup which hopefully allows us to think about this topic in more detail as we progress through 2022 so we have chosen to to dox and and ident verify ourselves with a third party which we hope um won't directly go to to um government officials um 
or the tax authorities, which gives us the time to, to set up our corporate structure in the background. Because ultimately, we feel like it's, it's quite hard to, to bring these two worlds together at the moment, just where we are standing from a regular uh, regulatory point of view, just sort of, I mean, for example, just looking at last week and the executive order, Biden is, is going to announce um, next week and the regulatory uncertainty this brings, right? And as, as, as soon as you establish the link between your, your LLC or your entity and your protocol, you're essentially on the hook whenever regulatory environment changes. And for us, it feels like that the regulatory um, storm, more or less, has not settled yet. So there isn't a, a global direction on how crypto will be treated, on how things will be viewed. And this means that every country and every policy uh, maker currently decides for themselves, because there is no true global benchmark, really, um, which causes a lot of fluctuations, which um, results in a lot of admin capacity required in order to identify how you are supposed to treat in different investor groups from different countries, for example, right? Um, if we just look at um, the the equity market, for example, um, in comparison, right? Um, whenever you want to IPO a business and not only target Asian and European investors, but also to, to market this security to the um, US market, you're faced with a vast amount of different regulations and the 144B, I think, is it? Which is a, always a nightmare in terms of, of setting this up properly as a or at even advising as an investment bank your your corporate clients on on just issuing equity in the in the u.s market because um u.s investors are just um protected in certain certain cases right and as crypto is is assessed more and more as a distinct asset class um there will be probably a few surprises for people who ventured forth and declared themselves as um running a certain DAO or a certain governance token or a certain protocol. And we feel like at this point, we we'll, would we'll be spending more efforts um, on the administ and administrative and legal side of things just to um, please traditional um, regulators, governments, and so on, um, and not focus on what we actually want to build and what we actually want to achieve. So we opted for a way where we would still be able to offer investors a certain comfort that they could go after us if they choose to or if we sort of acted in bad faith right um with this kyc and sort of having our security in place um but we are still a little bit shining away from um putting putting our name publicly behind this um just because we're like i mean Bosnip has stopped but i'm still working full-time in in tech coverage in investment banking and i'm very sure um, the regulator would not find it so funny of me running um, a DAO on the side. Um, but these are things which we have on our mind and which we'll address in hopefully due course. But for us, it, we're more product guys. We're more focused at the moment of, of building a DAO and are less sort of... There's always room for to apologize later, right? And with the anonymity and flexibility, if you put some care into the setup structure, you're hopefully protected from scrutiny early on and have time to think about this with your legal team and um, form a course of action later. Um, very long answer. Hopefully nobody really taped this um, for quartering later on. Um, but jokes aside, sort of focusing more on MDAO, um, maybe let's, let's jump into the next question.
which yeah, is I can, I can take yeah. this one. So <clears throat> it's about the track record and experience of the team. So the experience we I've personally traded for a few years in equities, in options, in cryptos and I've been having real good success in 2021 and um, <clears throat> we don't have any track records for the for Indao yet because we started a week ago and we didn't close any position for now uh, we want to build that track record over time that's why we didn't try to do a big raise uh, liquidity wise because we want to work we want to establish the structure to get used to this model of trading we put uh, a big chunk of our funds to start the liquidity we are the biggest contributors in the fund to make sure that uh, it's not a cash grab we are our interest is are aligned with the interest of the of the other holders and to see that we mean business uh, what's do you what uh, do you have different level of return and risk ex risk expectations per pod? So yeah, that obviously each pod will have it's kind of uh, expected return and expected risk in a way. So uh, we'll not deviate from it. We can update it, but uh, it, it's um, it's about uh, position sizing. What type of investment will we take, etc. And that obviously would be reviewed before every investment because it's a multi-sig. So if you're gonna do an investment, we're gonna make sure it's on all the criteria. There will be some control before entering in position, etc. And as pod in a way mature, they will have more room about handling themselves with still some oversight. But the idea is like to make them manage themselves uh, when they're ready to, so give them a bit more freedom, but still manage that risk, have metrics in place. We can imagine something like what is done in traditional finance, with you have they have a certain cap type of capital and risk they cannot go over, and you will do some risk analysis, and you will have some reports that will come to you. Uh, hey, uh, this pod invested uh, in this, uh, it's uh, this far from its risk limit, etc, etc, etc. I think that's the best way to do it. We have what's is what is unique here is the blockchain technology. It enables us to do a lot of reporting, a lot of automating, and it's easier to be done because it's transparent to everyone. Everyone has access to the information. So we could do a real follow-up and make sure uh, that everything is all right and that the, the, the pod team is doing as it should be doing, in a way. All right. Um, maybe let me let me take the the next one, which is sort of, I think, related. I mean, the overall question I think, which has come up a couple of times by by Temple Runner and by Abe, is um, who's running the investment strategy and sort of uh, would the team have a veto on uh, what the treasury will invest in? So the idea, or no, the way it is currently set up is, Bosom um, and I talk daily on which investments we see in the market, which ideas um, we see popping up. And we obviously have a long list of ideas which stem from sort of previous investments, um, which we have done, as well as sort of um, discussions we have with other protocols on what could be interesting setups, which haven't materialized yet. And as we are reviewing them, um, we make our decision on whether or not to, to allocate capital into these, um, into these um, protocols or opportunities. And that's sort of the, the setup at the moment. In the very near term, once the 
investment committee grows outside of sort of Bosim and me, um, this will be a closed will continue to be a closed door um, group which will decide on investment ideas which all of the members bring to the table, but also the community itself. So everybody in the community has the opportunity to to pitch ideas, right, um, and to shout them openly in the Discord, because, I mean, if it's an opportunity which is so good um, and so huge, um, then then please DM us. But most of, the, most of the cases, just posting it in the Discord won't close the opportunity based on how quickly information is, is flowing right now in the market. So that, that should probably be all right. Um, but going back to the, to the, to the structure, the um, community members can also pitch ideas, but to avoid front running and to avoid conflict of interest, um, only the investment committee then later on, after doing their due diligence, will deploy the funds. Um, and that's why we are um, imposing certain criteria to join the investment committee. So for us both, it has been um, a very large uh, five-figure investment into the fund initially to just make sure that we're aligned commercially um, with, the, with the other stakeholders buying into our idea. Um, and later on, it will be also potentially some form of, of soft KYC or soft, um, soft doxing with, with a third party or with an independent, um, independent auditor in order to avoid having people on the investment committee and managing these, these amounts of money with bad face or with um, ill intentions. And hopefully that sort of helps to, to conceptualize and visualize a little bit more on how the investment strategy process and the decision process will go forth. Um, and then maybe just as it, as it is so closely related, how is the, the fee structure and sort of the um, incentivization of the investment committee handled right now and in the future? So right now, both Bosnab and I um, don't pay ourselves any sort of performance or management fees. So we don't have like the 2 and 20 or any other fancy models in place to, to reward um, the, the partners of the, of the fund, right? Um, because that's not sort of, we're not trying to rebuild a, a traditional finance fund. Um, and for us as founders, we feel like we are well incentivized with the commercial success of the project just by sort of bootstrapping it with our own liquidity and also then having a significant stake due to this, obviously, in the, in the DAO itself, um, which we feel like is more than enough to align us commercially. Um, in the future, as we bring on more members and also sort of as we establish um, pots with independent investment committees, um, people will obviously get some basis points of, of um, performance fee after the position is closed, right? To similar to a to a carry style um, investment in a in a private equity fund, right? Where you also hold for a couple uh, for a longer duration and then earn or are all allocated a certain certain hundred basis points or so of the fund or of the investment uh, return after. Um, after the investment is, is liquidated and exited. Um, that's the same sort of incentivization model we are planning to employ as well, because it, I mean, it just makes sense, right? You, you provide the scalability for people who have good skills, but not the wallet size, right? To um, make, make good money just by um, effectively uh, managing DAO funds uh, with a certain oversight in place. But you also avoid sort of 
paying people just for sticking on the investment committee and saying no or yes to something without doing any due diligence so they can get their cut of the fee, right? So, I mean, the, the model is, is, I think, tried and tested. Um, and in order to, to combat the front running and sort of acting in personal interest of, of new IC members, um, there will be either an equity investment required or a doxing in some form to avoid the normal issues you have in a DAO where you're trying to make investment decisions, right? And then the community decides and then, oh, surprise, the whale bought in a couple of minutes before. Um, that's obviously not what we're trying to emulate. And I hope sort of my elaboration over the last couple of minutes made, uh, got you some guidance on that and how we, how we plan to deal with this and combat that. All right. Um, just looking into the, the next question. So I think um, the treasury investment is sort of covered. The fee structure is covered. Um, the FTM exposure, yeah. Um, Brusky. So very good question on the overall FTM exposure. And maybe let, let me sort of combine it with, with double access question on, on what we feel is so great about the chain. Um, so first of all, just, just comparing with, with Avalanche, which was our sort of second choice um, and which was actually sort of for a time for a certain time back in the day our our primary choice to launch on avalanche um, phantom has the the advantage that the emissions are quite quite low at the moment right per block so um, there is there's all there's a lot of phantom already minted compared to other new projects popping up where um, a lot of the main native um, token of the chain is still being minted every day, so you have to stake or or deploy your funds in a way to avoid getting diluted by this inflation you have in the system in the ecosystem, right? And Phantom, to a certain extent, has significantly less of this um, chain cost inf inflation um, of their their main gas or, or main token. And then just looking at the pure metrics of of which market cap Phantom and the Phantom ecosystem itself is trading at um, and the total value on that chain already, so total value locked. It's, in our opinion, a very clear sign comparing this to Avalanche, comparing this to um, Arbitrum, comparing this to Ethereum even, that we see that we're probably going to see a, a value re-rating over the next um, couple months. Um, in Phantom and in its ecosystem, therefore, just by the pure fact that the Phantom ecosystem today is already quite large, but still valued on a very large discount compared to to other popular protocols, um, popular popular solutions. Sorry, um, and then how we're looking at towards hedging this? Um, it's a good question. So at the moment, we are not hedging the FTM exposure we are causing just by being located on the phantom ecosystem right so we are very cognizant of the fact that um we are to a certain extent right now only providing a phantom ecosystem diversified fund right which is obviously subject to the macro environment of the phantom chain itself and that's good as i've elaborated before but that's also bad in the sense that it's obviously a single point of failure to, to, to an extent, which we are hoping to correct once we um, 
go um, more cross-chain, but this is obviously always pa paired with a, with a certain uh, security risk um, of chain activities, right? And also with a certain administrative effort of um, ensuring multi-sig and other security measures work throughout different chains effectively that you're still providing the same level of security as you would on a single chain, but then on the other hand can also enter trades relatively quickly on different chains or shift funds around and um, that therefore it's sort of more an intermediate uh, medium-term goal, uh, but it's definitely something which we are looking out for um, to also hedge away this this phantom exposure, but at the moment we're still quite bullish on phantom, so um, yes, there will be some some risk management on that point, but we're still not trying to emulate a delta neutral fund, right? So we are still um, not trying to emulate a, a hedge fund style model where we provide minimum volatility um, so our LPs can can leverage up to the maximum how, however comfortable they feel in order to generate the returns they want. We see ourselves more as an um, ETF style diversified fund, which will in the future start to offer new strategies and therefore new fund options as well within its diversified ecosystem, right? But at the moment, it's just one um, more long-term skewed, I'd say, um, fund on the on the Phantom ecosystem. And you're by investing in MDAO today, you would probably place not only a bet on our team and the, the vision we have and everything, but also a very clear bet on the Phantom system in general. Um, which we feel is advantageous at the current pricing and valuation yeah. points. Yeah, so, so Phantom is a bit uh, is the most undervalued chain at the moment. If you look at the, the for, for two reasons, if you look at the mark uh, at the market cap compared to the TVL, Phantom is the lowest by far. So if you if you go to Defilama, something like that, you see the metrics. Uh, I can link them later in the chat, but uh, it's really it's really insane. And Phantom, compared to other chains, um, has almost done its dilution. So there, almost all almost all the supply is out there, so there is no dilution at all, and uh, that's that's really good. Meaning that Phantom will go up more than other chains uh, in the future. And if you look at Phantom at the price of Phantom, uh, it it uh, it outperformed uh, most of other cryptos uh, over the last few months by far. And it's uh, still above uh, the, the heights it was in uh, May 2021, etc. While uh, ETH is like down, I don't know, 30% or more from uh, from the all-time high. So yeah, we think it's a great place. It's a great ecosystem. There is some interest uh, coming from uh, projects coming to uh, FTM, like the uh, like the the NFT stuff, the Solidly fork uh, with uh, the V token emissions, etc. I think it's a it's a great ecosystem to foster innovation and to be uh, uh, to be a, to be a major player in the with the other chains, and it's really undervalued at the moment. So it makes really good 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 mix to be to be exposed to phantom but we will be cross-chain we have two investment cross-chain and we'll go cross-chain we'll follow the opportunities but we think most interesting opportunities will be in phantom in the short future exactly um i think that hopefully covers sort of our our bias we have towards phantom so if you take anything away today um then if, and if it's not sort of um, placing a closer look on Imdao and whether or not this would be a fit for you, then it should be to please read up on Phantom and and 
study why you shouldn't have exposure to this ecosystem as a whole just by holding phantom itself because you won't like as i said the emissions are very low so even just by holding phantom in your wallet you don't necessarily get a huge dilution um because the emissions for new phantom is is very low at the moment based on where we are on the curve okay um i think there's actually another new new question from temple runner which is sort of also more in your territory um Basim, if you want to cover sort of the risk expo exposure and the the topics of volatility around options and calls yeah. and our derivative exposure yeah. Obviously, so uh, that's a bit uh, that's a bit early to to answer to all that questions. I think I can elaborate on some of them. Liquidity, uh, volatility-wise, we will try to be aware of the vol current volatility and the expected volatility um, longer term, and we will try to bet on. Uh, the spread between that volatility. So if the volatility is a bit too cheap in our in our opinion, we will uh, buy volatility uh, short term and sell long term volatility and win when the short term volatility goes above the long term volatility, something like that. Um, we will try to go where liquidity is so uh, for the for we want to be able to get out of position pretty quick so i don't think we will try to trade in illiquid uh, options it will depend really if we see an opportunity there if uh, for example at the moment the gohm options are really mispriced i know this because i have a contact in dopex which uh, provides those options and we discussed a bit about it and he told me how they were pricing it and so they are doing the best they can for now but they don't have some kind of data to back it up and if we run our our own models and try to find those discrepancies we can take advantage of them and deploy capital uh, good amount of capital because that's what options are to deploy more capital or large sum of capital to good opportunities that will yield good money with low risk so that would be towards uh, that's what that would be toward the low risk but with decent returns and we could take some we could think that the volatility uh, trading that we we talked about uh, bit, uh, I talked about a bit earlier would be more in the high risk because uh, those are based on models and it's not like mispr it's not mispriced options um, yeah no i think that helps Ho uh, at least i hope that that helps yeah, i see temple runners uh, typing so shout if if you need more elaboration <laughs> yeah, on something and um, i'm uh, uh, i've i've been i'm gonna work a bit in options too before that with uh, with another DAO to develop their option strategies so uh, I will have some ex more experience when I, uh, and I work on this experience on chain and I will be already doing that a bit before we start the, the MDAO venture to be able to like really provide superior returns and develop nice, really nice strategies. Yeah, just to, to add on to your follow-up question before we, we go further down the, down the chat. So, um, and the leverage you're, you're bringing up, right? I mean, um, as you've already heard, hopefully in in our voice hours we are um to a certain degree fan of of um employing more more capital than you have or assuming a certain amount of leverage but this has to be done in a very specified and um specific 
targeted way, right? So, I mean, just leveraging your fund um, through Abra or other sort of options um, by uh, times 1.2 or something is not the way to go, but we feel that it's easier to, to have certain strategies run on a leveraged basis. So, for example, have a certain fund, which we, like, for example, um, a more stable coin yield farming fund, right? Um, have that on a leveraged basis that necessarily makes sense from a risk-reward point of view, right? But to run a degen-focused sort of early um, early stage investment fund for new projects which are popping up on, on different chains run on a leveraged basis is probably a horrible or a very good way to get blown up um, or a hor horrible way to, to um, generate long-term returns, right? So I, I think you have to employ it in as a tool to balance your volatility and um, return equation where you see fit, right? Because in the end, you're just picking up a bit of the opportunity for a bit more um, returns in exchange for also more volatility, right? Which in a drastic sense could mean a wipe out of, of some form, right? If you assume too much volatility. And that's sort of how we are looking at right now. And that hopefully provides some more, more guidance towards where we are heading as well. Um, then looking at double X, also asking another question around the tax commitments by their by the investment committee. Yeah. Um, Interesting question. It's sort of going back to the regular point which Temperana also made previously um, to a certain extent because for us, um, we feel that just based on the fact that we are at the moment purely based on chain, um, people earning a certain sort of return or her earning a certain reward um, by their advising and, and activities on MDAO um, have to declare their winnings their and their winnings not their their uh, compensation how they deem appropriate and how they deem fit in their jurisdiction right so at the moment i think we're still a couple steps off from having an hr and legal framework in place in order to have a proper carry and incentivization structure set up similar to a traditional finance fund right because i mean if you look at the um, pure corporate structure for uh, for a um, GPLP structure in a in a in a fund, um, you already have a certain complexity around this, depending on which jurisdiction you're looking at, whether or not it's a US or a Caymans based fund or um, whatever. And at the moment, our focus is not to tie up more of our our capital um, and provide these administrative services, but to establish the idea and the track record first and to build the community before we think about institutionalizing this more. Because the institutionalization um, eats up a lot of fixed costs or creates a lot of fixed costs um, and provides to the average investor within crypto little upside based on the current level of regulation we're seeing in the, in the space. So we feel like it's better place to be first and establish the governance structure around re regulation, around taxation, and around the legalese later on, which obviously creates a certain risk, not only for MDAO, but also for Bosom and me personally. Um, but we have sort of thought about this in detail and consulted with um, experts, and we feel that this is the 
better better choice to make at the moment just so we can get started building a DAO as itself and not worry around um, the, the legal setup and the taxation. So apologies for not providing a more specific and distinct answer in that case um, because in the, in the, at the moment we just can't. So um, hopefully that, that helps at least a little bit. All right. Actually, I think, I mean, even though I'm conscious of the fact that I've rambled a little bit um, from time to time, um, we have gone through all the questions. So, I mean, if there's anything else you guys um, want to have answered, also conscious of the time, because I think we, we started like 10 minutes after after um, six, at least in my time zone. And now it's uh, 11 minutes after seven. And I feel like the average crypto investor or um, DGEN has around 60 minutes of um, attention left in in him. Um, I'm also conscious of the fact that, that we want don't want to keep you any longer than it's necessary. But if there's anything which is unclear or wh where you would like a sort of direct opinion on, um, feel free to shout now I or think, otherwise. Uh, I yeah. think Double X was writing a question and when you said that we, we're going to go, he stopped, he stopped typing. So Really? Okay. Yeah, no, that, that wasn't me meant as a, yeah, you can also just uh, voice your, your questions, right? To make it more attractive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, no, I was just more so wondering, um, I guess, the benefits of the, the phantom chain. So, yeah. um, I mean, I, I know the benefits of Avalanche, I know the benefits of, like, Adam. So I just like to hear why you, you're choosing phantom from, like, I guess, a more technical perspective. Uh, like, what's better in phantom that's, like, what's in phantom that's not in Avalanche, ETH, or uh, like Adam. Uh, what, yeah. I, what we like in Phantom is we like the community in Phantom because we have ties with different protocols. For example, the the head of Bits is on our Discord and he helped us from the start. It's it's a closer community, I think. That's what we like about it. And in the end, Phantom is only like the short term choice. If we see at one point that we like another chain. Uh, it's easy to migrate your money, to migrate your tokens to that chain. You have Johnny. Since you own your liquidity, you can you can pick up and leave anytime you want. And like you a caravan. Yeah, you don't even have to to do that. You can just move your treasury and keep your liquidity and do all the investments you want. But obviously, you want to be the the, the chain you are biggest on. That's where you want to have your liquidity because that's where you will have the most most of your money. So exactly and yeah, yeah sorry yeah um just adding adding onto that um it sort of ties into our our strategy on placing investment bets right or investment um or seeing investment opportunities and sort of based on the on the uh, points we have previously alluded to around market cap to tvl as well as the others um we feel that phantom is undervalued right now and sort of launching in that ecosystem um makes sense to to capture this uptrend which we see or this this re-rating we hope for in terms of market cap to tvl in the couple next couple months and then as Bossim also just said there's a certain um relationship and partnership um consideration as well so i mean maybe technically um avalanche is the the better choice um then on the one hand it would be um yeah unfavorably um, valued at the moment and then on the other hand we also have less 
ties with the community there just because of the fact that we have been less active in the Avalanche ecosystem previously. Um, and therefore, most of our high quality or high profile contacts are within the Phantom ecosystem. And as we are aiming to provide meaningful returns to, to stakeholders, we feel like it's, it's easier to, to launch in a chain where you know you have certain inroads with other well-valued uh, protocols which you can potentially invest in, which you can potentially get to agree to OTC deals as well in order to capture a better price scaling into or out of your positions. And that's been sort of our main, main rationale for launching on Phantom. And then, I mean, as we've said, it's going to be more like a caravan or more like a flexible situation, right? Because in the end, we're not a Phantom um, fund. We're a diversified DeFi fund, um, which initially and right now is obviously overexposed to Phantom, but um, this can change and this will change most likely. And we're, we want to, from the get-go, create a certain flexibility around this. Um, so that's why, I mean, Phantom is not, it's not a do-or-die thing for us at the moment. It's just something which we see as undervalued and which we want to capture. And obviously it still has sort of great, uh, it, it's still very interesting from a technical point of view, right? I mean, you have a certain scalability, um, you have a certain level of transaction fees, which offers this this chain to, or with which opens this chain to a larger set of investors, right? With smaller wallet sizes, uh, which wish to, to trade actively compared to Ethereum or other choices. And I think the, the overall mix there makes it quite attractive for us, or at least that's what we have seen has, has made it quite attractive for us to launch in Phantom. Hopefully that, that helped a little bit. Yeah, that, that definitely does make more sense uh, as to why you chose Phantom as the uh, main chain that you guys are going to launch on. Yeah, no, cool, man. Appreciate that. I appreciate also you being the only one asking a question um, via voice, so uh, kudos to you. Um, I mean, in the end, uh, Liquid Capital is a, is a closed and tight-knit group, so I always feel weird why people just posting posting questions in the chat, but happy to engage with everybody on stage here as well. Um, but otherwise, if there are not any other open points, um, then I guess this sort of brings us to an end here. Or is there anything left unclear or we should, should clarify and, and speak to or allude to? Okay. Asok, I think that's your your sign, right? Um, more or less, which brings us yeah. brings us to an end. I mean, gonna, I mean, we don't have any closing remarks or anything, but I mean, it's been great to sort of um, share our idea and sort of our progress around MDAO, and we hope you guys learned um, a little bit of of what we have in mind and also around our strategy and and setup. And we obviously hope to. If, you, if we have uh, convinced you to obviously see you around in our Discord as well, um, if you feel like you can um, step up and um, offer good at communities um, or offer good trade ideas to the community and to the fund, then make your voice heard. We're looking forward to it. Um, and otherwise, obviously, looking forward to engaging with you guys here on Illiquid Capital as well on all the NFT and shitcoining uh, we can do here together. Um, I mean, I've been here, I think, since middle of last last year, which I think compared to others makes me sort of like a latecomer, uh, but still it's been it's been a blast here. Um, and obviously, also shout out to you, Asak, for setting this up 
and providing the stage here within our community. And yeah, thanks for your time, everyone. Honestly, it was it was a great presentation. Thank you so much for even explaining yourself the way you do because it was it might have been a fire hose for me, but I definitely got a way bigger understanding than yesterday. And I'll be happy to stop by in your server and see this essentially said pods and strategies when they do develop because it sounds yeah. all it sounds really it really does all sound cool and i'm always up for you know diversifying and understanding anybody else's strategy so we are definitely happy to have you in a liquid capital i would love to ask if anybody would want to come on the voice maybe say any last words please do uh, these gentlemen did dedicate their time and, and i'm very appreciative for that honestly so thank you once again yeah, I mean, I was just gonna go say just uh, thank thank you guys for explaining everything. Uh, quite is it was very interesting, and uh, I learned a lot as well. As I mean, to what the strategies you guys are trying to employ and the uh, chain itself. So appreciate that. Sounds good. And I mean, in the end, um, we are in a sense here within a liquid capital, a little bit overweight, I'd say, from time to time on the NFT space, right? Um, so if you have any burning remarks or burning um, questions around DeFi or even, I mean, more specific around Phantom or OHM or Node protocols, um, feel free to, to engage with us either here or over at um, IPDAO as we are sort of looking forward to also building an educational space and knowledge sharing space around DeFi in general in order to offer people, for example, who have made a lot of money in, in NFTs, the, the opportunity to diversify themselves a little bit less um, away from from um, NFTs, especially in times like this, where we, I feel like, have more trouble finding the gems in 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 on OpenSea or in the uh, in the different projects. At least that's what it felt like the last couple of a couple of weeks. Um, the but market, yeah. we're in a different space of the market. Yeah, so exactly, awesome. exactly. It's always refreshing, especially you know the fact that I'll be honest with you, I definitely had. A magnifying glass on FTM. Uh, I've been hearing the word on the street. We'll say you guys definitely made me more bullish on it. And and it kind of is resonating in a way that, you know, you are bringing something way different. We are NFT heavy. And the fact that you're doing what you're doing is the main reason I had this up here. And it's at the end of the day, you know, a liquid capital, ImpDAO, we're all here about knowledge, information, and printing ETH. And I really feel yeah. like you guys have that other side of the, the that other side of the that other side of the fence which I definitely would be paying attention to because this is how you win in this space is by always putting yourself in the right place in the market. So I'm happy that you did notice the last couple of weeks have been weird. So if FTM is about to rocket then you guys are on that that ship, so be it. Yeah. No it sounds good. I mean I completely agree with your statement. Yeah. Uh it's been it's been a blast here. And I mean I'm looking forward to what the market holds in, in store for all of us over the next couple of months. I think next week especially is going to be interesting if we see some activity in, in Ukraine or if, if Biden sort of nukes us with a new interesting sort of regulation. <laughs> but uh, fingers crossed it doesn't come to that or either of that. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, honestly, thank you so much, gentlemen. It was a fantastic presentation. I look forward to the next time we speak and I wish you an awesome day, okay? If anybody has any last words, please do not be shy. Yeah, I mean, I'd also just say, like, everyone should really look into, um, it's, even though you're in the NFT space, just look more into DeFi as well. 
and like what uh, opportunities there are there. Because there definitely are a lot, a lot of opportunities in DeFi that, uh, yeah, I mean that that can be taken advantage of. Yeah. Um, so just keep an open mind and, um, you know, look where the opportunities are. Yeah, basically. No, I mean, it, I mean, it's it's sometimes as simple as just sort of staking your your ETH or your stables into a farm while you're not sort of deploying them into the next NFT project, right? Because, I mean, I know a couple of, of guys here in the in the channel probably have always um, multiple ETH sitting in their wallet. And, I mean, yeah, you first of all, you have to be conscious of the fact that you have uh, Ethereum exposure, whether or not you like it or not. Um, and then maybe you don't want that. Maybe you have the Ethereum exposure already through your NFTs, right? And you want to maybe think about diversifying your wallet a little bit, and then it it can start make sense to think about stable strategies around DeFi, around yield farming, or around IBDAO, right? Um, and that's sort of the, hopefully the message we, which, which came across here. Exactly. I, I, I agree a hundred percent. Like just like for like, especially for me, like I have a lot of NFT exposure. Um, now I'm just trying to pivot more into the, the DeFi space. Yeah and reducing my NFT exposure, then looking, and the, the thing with the DeFi space is you're, you're going to be able to generate passive income. So I'm looking at DeFi, I'm looking at, um, like, you know, investing into different nodes yeah. um, to build some type of passive income strategy, um, which yeah. NFTs generally don't uh, give you. Um, they might give you for a certain, you know, two three like two or three weeks sometimes or maybe like one or two months but you're not going to get that long-term sustainability that you're going to find in um in some DeFi strategies yeah no that makes sense and i mean one point that just because you brought up notes i mean one one point of advice in terms of investing there um sort of our um way to look at node projects has always been to focus on on projects which are centered around low emissions, right? Because if the um, perceived payback period is too short, um, it will create a negative price barrier quite easily, while list developers and the sort of core team still ma just manages to get out new features, right? Because you want to allow the team, the core team to, to build features in order to push the price up and to continue the price on a stable path. And therefore you need slower emissions compared to most of the node projects. For example, one node project, which is interesting of, from that point of view is, is Atlas Cloud on, on Phantom as well, which has been, been launched by people which have been quite close to, to IMDAO as well, um, which have a very low emission of their native token with the nodes, which allows them the time to to build up an ecosystem around what they have launched um, which has worked quite well i mean the price is quite stable but then before you all go now aping into into this project please be conscious of the fact that for node projects what pays more than everything anything else is being early right i mean there's no point buying a node project now at um sort of 20 days 30 days down the road um you get a significantly worse price on on the node projects than people who bought in early so it pays to do your due diligence before the node project launches launches into what types of emission they are offering what have they planned later on how tangible is this and how tangible is the team behind it as well um, and that's sort of a good baseline to to start thinking about nodes and then during the launch and during the first couple hours or week what is important is also to monitor 
the total supply of sort of the node token paired to, I think somebody is not muted there, but I mean, um, paired to the, um, paired to the amount of nodes which have been created, right? Because for some node projects, you see exceptional supply squeezes happening just because people buy into the token, right? Pushing the price up. People are hyped about the project and are interested. They buy the token. Everybody knows, right? Because they're there for the long term and long term investors, passive income and so on. But then nobody has any tokens left for trading, right? For new people who buy into the project. So the token skyrockets and nobody can sell because everybody knows it. And it sometimes can be quite lucrative to be conscious of this dynamic, which happens more often than don't in, in node projects, especially around low emissions, because this obviously augments the uh, the supply squeeze even more. Sorry, now I talked again for a couple of minutes, but just wanted to give you some, some guidance given that you mentioned nodes. Actually, if you have uh, a second, I had asked a question about Atlas nodes that I think you answered um, a couple of days yeah. ago on, on that topic. Um, nodes as a service is the like new hotness and passive income, um, yeah. I feel like. Um, and, and so how do you... How do you see that going? Like you know, farming as a service mm -hmm. was a uh, was a craze a couple months ago, and I think it's kind of um, run its course. Like, do you do you think there's actually you know you mentioned in your initial explanation to me that you thought these are Ponzi schemes, which I yeah, um, which I strongly agree with. What do you think the end game of noting as a service is going to become? So I I feel like noting as a service um, can be more closely compared to. Um, the OHM meta or the Olympus sort of protocol because you have the problem with both that you're giving money to, to a protocol and don't really have any form of redemption, right? With a yield farming as a service or farming as a service, you always can get your initial tokens back out and swap them to stables or whatever, right? But with nodes, once you've created the node, there's no point getting back your, your original tokens, um, but you're getting this, this passive income, right? But you're getting this passive income because either, right, Ponzi scheme, new people come in pushing up the price, or because the team behind the scene is doing the work to push up the price, to um, release new features, to develop an ecosystem, or to deploy the, the capital they've amassed effectively. And I think there, the node meta falls short a little bit because you have significantly less governance in in this node as a service, right? The, the structure is more around passive income and so on, we're gonna make it work, but I haven't seen sort of people which which have deployed the treasury then in a, in a way that it was really value accretive in the long term for, for holders, because there's again, no really a redemption, right? It's another mechanism to raise a fund, to raise a treasury, right? Um, from, from a game theory point of view, um, but you as an investor should also think about, okay, how, how can I get out of this again, right? How can I um, liquidate my investment? And for OHM, that's why we've chosen it, for example, you have the opportunity to always sell your, sell your, your shares, your, your token in the open market. But with node projects, you're locked in more. So due diligence and understanding what the team has planned and the roadmap ahead becomes increasingly more important for node projects because you're locked in forever, right? I mean, can you, you're, you're placing a bet indefinitely um, on a specific team and protocol with nodes, which I find is risky. So I, for example, like to play more the short-term supply skis Ponzi style of game because I myself don't see myself confident in, in 
evaluating which of the 100 node, node Ponzi's out there um, are really the team which will be here around in two years even, or in one year. Um, and if you can't place the bet, I think um, it may, makes more sense to play this meta short term, um, because obviously everybody is scouring for these opportunities to invest into something which they can set it and forget it. But let's be honest, we're in a very frontier asset class, crypto itself, right? So it's more like the Wild West compared to normal ETF and TradFi products. Um, so you have to do more active capital allocation of your own funds and also expect this from protocol owners. And that's sort of the problem, I think, at the moment. People, after the initial launch around node projects, sometimes the core team gets bored a little bit. Um, they get distracted. Maybe a feature doesn't work. And you, as an investor, given that you're in locked in, are, are there holding the bag, right? So that's sort of my two cents. And as you can hear, I'm a little bit biased on, on uh, node projects, but I mean, to each his own, right? I'm just sharing my opinion here. No, I, I appreciate that. That's, the, that's exactly the kind of insight I was, I was asking you for. Thank you. Yeah, perfect. All right. Um, uh, can, uh, can I ask one last question? Yeah, go uh, for it. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just wondering, um, so obviously like air, airdrops are uh, quite hot right now. Like I was just wondering if you have like any insight uh, given that you guys are on a phantom uh any recommendations on what we might what we could do to uh put like any speculations on future airdrops on phantom at the moment or uh, i see yeah. where you're going yeah um so i think in in general on phantom i think there's less so the the airdrop meta which you're right which we are seeing on ethereum and a couple other places um, it's definitely here, um, and I've seen some popularity, but I don't necessarily think that it is that active on Phantom for two reasons. For one, it's Phantom itself has an overhang in DeFi, which normally attracts um, people more finance savvy because the the um, overall concept of DeFi just requires investors to know a couple of things around market dynamics and sort of um, financial concepts compared to, for example, NFTs, right? Um, and airdrops there, I think, work less less um, favorably. Um, I think what what's interesting to look at is more the um, bribe wars kicking off, um, which especially around Beethoven, um, where we are, for example, hosting all liquidity is quite interesting. And it's something to look at potentially because there you're to a certain extent then exposed to airdrops because um, what's happening similar to Curve Wars there is um, bribing the gorge vote for upcoming emissions of, of new beats, right? Um, to a certain liquidity pool, which is being incentivized by the owners of these liquidity pools. And that's an interesting topic, which is starting to pop up in Phantom, which is definitely worth looking at. But I don't think just by trading a couple coins on Phantom, um, just based on the fact how DeFi focused it is and how fast moving the, the space on, on Phantom is as well, um, and how young some, most of the projects are, that it's worth sort of um, just trading in, in and out of a couple tokens, specifically on Phantom. I don't think there's a good return associated to the to the cost of or the time consumed during this. 
Uh, yeah, that makes a lot of thanks. Uh, a lot of sense. Sorry. Uh, thanks for the answer. No worries. All right. I, I really have to uh, hate to, to cut this short, but um, I have another engagement I need to get to. I'm already a couple minutes late. Um, Bay was honestly was a pleasure here, and I really appreciate also this non-specific after uh, catch up we had again. Um, and looking forward to to remaining in contact through this community as well as in DAO with all of you. And if there's anything which I or Bosom can do personally to you, um, then feel free to reach out. I think my DMs are actually open for Illiquid Capital and and Imdao as well. Um, if you're on the server, you can. Um, and otherwise, I mean, let's let's stay in here. Let's stay focused. Let's make some. Let's print some ETH together, be it in NFTs or in DeFi. And yeah. it's been a pleasure here. Thank you so much for your time, Jomin and Bosom. Have a great day, man. Get to your stuff, guys. Honestly, thank you. Same, yeah. same. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Have a good evening, everyone. Cheers. Bye, champions. Bye. Enjoy yourself. Bye.